join the Warner Brothers And the Warner sister thought Just for fun we run around the Warner movie lot They lock us in the tower whenever we get caught But we break loose and then the moose and now you know the plot Hello, hello, welcome to the DTF Podcast. This is Just a Tab with Sam Norton. How's it going, everybody? We're going to talk about the Animaniacs. Yeah, the Animaniacs. I love that show. When I was a kid, I used to watch it all the time, and I'd laugh my balls off, even though they didn't even drop out of my body yet. And then, I remember, I think it was like five years ago, I was out on the road, I was in a comedy condo, and they happened to have a VHS copy of it. They had a, you know, VCR. That's that's the type of uh, this type of comedy I get to do. Is not only am I in a comedy condo, but I'm also uh, in a place where they don't have DVD players. They got VHS players. So I remember, I remember going like, "Oh, I used to love this cartoon as a kid." So I popped it in, and I I was still laughing. I was still laughing my balls off because this. Stupid, dumb stuff for kids is still funny because it's all slapstick humor, you know, cartoon humor. Uh, but then they, I realized there was an extra layer. There's like adult humor in it. Like the, and I think, I think I subconsciously got a good sense of comedy, like tasteful, good comedy, out of watching shows like The Animaniacs. Now, for all of you who don't know what this show is, which is crazy if you don't, and I, I implore you, you gotta, you gotta watch it after this. Animaniacs was a cartoon that came out in 1993 through uh, Warner Brothers Animation. Fucking Steven Spielberg, yes, the director, Steven Spielberg himself. It was a present. It was presented by him and produced under his uh, like label. He had a TV label back then called Ambulin Television, and they went also with Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, because they were huge at the time. The, the Warner Brothers animation really did usher in so many uh, famous cartoons. And they were all created and uh, kind of directed by this guy named Tom R- Redger. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Ruger. I think it's Tom Ruger, actually. But li- listen to this dude's uh, fi- or TV uh, TVography, I think it's, it's like filmography, TVography, um, so he had the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries, then he had Pound Puppies, a pup named Scooby-Doo, which I used to watch, Tiny Toons, which I used to watch, uh, Tasmania, which I used to watch, Batman, the animated TV series, which was that huge one that everybody watched. Then they had Animaniacs, which blew up. Freakazoid, which we will probably do an episode in the future, because Freakazoid was my personal favorite. Then they had Pinky and the Brain, which was a spinoff of Animaniacs, because Animaniacs was so huge. Then they had Hysteria, which my wife used to watch in Canada. So, and, and that's just a few of them. Those are like his top highlights. But that, I mean, what was that, like 10? The dude was a fucking mastermind and it shows like they really warner brothers studios i gotta give them 
uh, animation, sorry, Warner Brothers Animation Studios. I got to give them most of the credit, but this uh, Tom Ruger, uh, he, he's he got to get all uh, one of these, a fucking round of applause, because he did an amazing job. Now, we're going to listen to a clip of Animaniacs and come back and talk about it. Uh, this, personally, is one of my favorite jokes they did on the... Uh, on the show, mainly because it's silly and fun, uh, and then it's a not-so-subtle innuendo using my uh, uh, my favorite musician of all time. Now, to give you guys a little bit of backstory, since you can't really see what's going on, it's not necessarily a visual gag, but uh, I'll explain what's going on. So... <sighs> In Animaniacs, the basically the breakdown is that you have three siblings. They're called the Warner siblings, right? And in this show, uh, there's a whole cast of characters. So it's not really a linear thing. It's like sketch. It's almost sketch comedy, right? And they have uh, the Warner brothers and sister. Uh, there's Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Uh, in this sketch, there's two hippopotamus, so they have a lot of anthropomorphic cartoon or cartoon characters. So there's two hippopotami, hippopotamus. Uh, that something ha- I can't remember exactly what happened, but something happened, and Yakko, Wacko, and Dot were uh, now there, almost acting like detectives, trying to figure out uh, I think who stole something from them. And this is where you get thrown into it. Uh, the first person talking is Yakko. He kind of he kind of talks like this. That's how basically kind of talks like me. Uh, the Wacko, who kind of talks like one of the Beatles. He's got like a oh, what are you thinking type uh, accent. And then Dot will be clearly the girl. And so they're all kind of hanging out, and they're all maniacs, which is where you get animaniacs. Uh, and so th- there's a lot of chaos going on, but that's how. That's how you can follow what's going on here, because I want you guys to get the joke. Uh, So go ahead, give this a listen, we'll come back and talk about it. All right, thank you. Number one sister, dust for Prince. Dr. Wacko, it could be a long night. Better order some pizzas. I'd like 42 pizzas, six with no crust. Now, do you have any enemies? No. Do you have any creditors? No. Well then, do you have any requests? Thank you so much. Way down Jack, upon the Nile River, Jack. I found prints. No, 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 fingerprints. I don't think so. All right, that was Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Uh, <laughs> fingerprints. Uh, what a great, uh, like, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's such a great joke. It's innocent unless you know that it's not innocent. Because in the cartoon, she literally, like, finds Prince in a hole, and she's just holding Prince and going like, Hey, I found Prince, because that's what we were supposed to find, right? You said find Prince. And then, uh, Yakko says, no, fingerprints. And in the video that you guys can find, I found it on YouTube, in the video, <laughs> she looks at Prince, Prince looks back at her and just smiles, like huge smile, and then she just goes, I don't think so, then throws him in the hole. So there's like, there's subtlety that you can pick up at least through their facial expressions, and then there's like an extra joke that he throws Prince through a hole, 
that I think is also supposed to be another sexual innuendo. It was just layered comedy all the time. And that was that was the whole that was the whole series was just this very layered uh you know, not so subtle slapstick kids funny stuff that I mean that's uh kind of the point when you make a cartoon unless you make it uh specifically for adults, you know, you got to have some slapstick goofy shit, but they I mean, they were able to... This was like primetime cartoon... Like, pr- primetime watching cartoon time. Because I remember watching this as a kid, right? And it was on a... It was on Fox, but it was on... At least in my local area, it was called the Fox Box. Uh, and it was... It was like this. Batman, the animated series. Uh, Spider-Man, the animated series. X-Men, the animated series. And then uh, either The Tick or Freakazoid. So there was like six cartoons kind of back-to-back all half hour that uh, that I'd come home from school and I'd sit down, I'd eat some cereal, and I'd watch as many as I could before, you know, I had to go out and play or do homework or chores or whatever. But Animaniacs was always like, I think, 4 o'clock. So it was prime time for kids to watch, right? And that's what's crazy about it is that they had fingering prints... <laughs> jokes while I was sitting there and not not that I think that that's a a good thing to be having kids uh listen to fingering jokes um man I I don't you know what no fuck it I didn't even get it so you can't be mad at and even if I did get it then it's not it's not like I picked up all right no here's what I want to say all right I think there was nothing wrong with that joke, and I also don't think there's anything wrong with putting dirty jokes in the kids' minds, because, and I didn't realize this until I watched it, like, you know, five years ago, right? If you're too dumb to get a joke, right, then that means you're you're either ignorant or na- too naive. I was, in my case, I was too naive to know what the fuck fingering was, you know what I mean? I just thought it... It was, hey, that's Prince, and she said, no, thank you. I didn't get it, right? But then, once I got it, once I got that they were doing a fingering joke, then it's like, okay, well, there's no harm done, because the harm is the fact that I know what fingering is. Nobody would watch that scene and get that joke and only get, like, be able to figure out what fingering is off of that joke. You know what I mean? Like, if she put her finger in the prince's asshole and said, oh, you want me to do this? Then I could go, okay, maybe that's too much. But the subtlety of her going like, no, thank you, I'm not going to finger prince, you have to get the dirty thing before you get the dirty joke. So it's no harm It's no harm done. Because if you get it, then it's, our, it's already passed. You know what fingering is. So you might as well laugh at the fingering joke. That's what I think. But yeah, so... The, the subtlety of that, and they had innuendos laced through the whole time, and the, uh, like, the thing that I really, really liked about Animaniacs is, you know, you have to, the, alright, so the process of animation, right, is not like a three-camera sitcom shoot where you can bang it out in, you know, a day, right, you bang out the script, you send it over to uh, standards and practices. Then you bang out the the filming. Standard and practices looks at it uh, before and after editing. Then it goes to uh, you know out on the airways. Where with animation, man, that's not how it works. You, I mean, it, I mean, very similarly. But like, you sit down, you write, uh, you send that off to 
standards and practices, right? And you have to get the script. You have to make sure that the script is uh, definitely uh, approved of because once it goes off to animation, you can't really make changes because animation takes so long. I think it's like six months or something like that to for like a 30-minute episode for people to bang it out. Now, it may be quicker now with um, computers, but they didn't have completely digitized characters. A lot of it was hand-drawn, which is why you know Warner Brothers Animation was pretty amazing. But, I mean, you'd seriously have people sitting there and drawing, flipping up a picture, and really old-school animating these cartoons – and so if standard of practices gets back to, if you send off the script, right, before you send it to standards and practices and they're animating it and they say, you got to get rid of this whole scene or fuck that. You got to get rid of this, uh, you know, one joke and rewrite something else. If the animation's already done, you're talking about hours, if not days for this Prince joke to go through animation. So the fact that they were so subtle enough to get a fingering joke through to go to primetime Fox through standards and practices, I I think that is just about the pinnacle of uh, innuendo that you can get. I mean, and and maybe they like them pushing the envelope. I I could be way overdoing it right now. I wasn't in the room. I didn't know the producers and stuff like that. But I think I think there's something special for. For that type of level to to uh, not alienate kids, but to kind of bastardize it. I like I like the the we're gonna get your kids type thing, and not in a creepy I'm gonna touch him way, but like I'm a I'm a cool uncle, so come sh- share a beer with me and don't tell your mom. Then you got like that cool uncle, you know, who ends up probably being an alcoholic later in life, but you know, right now he's a cool dude. I, I kind of like that. That's always been one of my. Now here's the thing that you guys don't know about me. I uh, I still do, and uh, at one point I did want to become an animator. I wanted to get into cartoons because, and, and, and this I know for a fact. Where before I said uh, the Animaniacs like may have given me a better sense of comedy subconsciously. I can guarantee the Animaniacs were one of the reasons I wanted to get into doing cartoons. I wanted to do silly, fun cartoons. And I around this time, I actually came up with my own. It was called Big Nose. It wasn't that funny, but it, you know, it was a little kid's thing. Uh, but I, did, I, I started my own kind of comic book cartoon called Big Nose, and he would you know, suck shit up of his nose. It was real dumb. Anyways, uh, but the, the Warner Brothers animation was exactly that. I would watch Animaniacs, Freakazoid, The Tick, all these really funny stuff that I knew... I knew inherently were more adult humor because it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, even Tiny Toons had it. I'm trying to think of a car, like, there was a show on uh, ABC called Recess, and it seems like all the nerdy kids that I grew up with, my wife included, watched Recess. I did not. I was strictly a Warner Brothers animation person. It's just wacky adult humor that I would sit and laugh my tiny little balls on, and... I still want to do animation because they kind of, Animaniacs really kind of showed me that you can, one, do whatever the fuck you want in animation, which is great. You're not limited by human, 
you, you know, by human stuff. If you want to do something crazy in animation, you just draw it. Whereas with human stuff, you got to have CGI, and that stacks up in cost. Whereas animation, if it's all animated, you know, it's just a piece of paper. It's not a whole film set. So I, I love animation for the wacky stuff you can get in, but I also like animation because of the disarming uh, factor it has in it. You know, you can, and, and Animaniacs did stuff like this too, uh, but I think all animation does it. Uh, excessive violence might be the funniest thing to me. Not excessive violence where uh, you see someone, like, legitimately get hurt or react to pain, because then my empathy uh, brain switches on and I go, okay, now it's not funny. But if you, I honestly feel this way, so I'm sorry if I'm alienating any of you, but if you watch someone get hit in the head with a bat, right? Right. If you watch someone get hit in the head with a bat and all of a sudden, instead of going, ow, and holding their head, they just start laughing hysterically and then they pee their pants, uh, maybe after a little bit, I'd be terrified and be like, oh, I think he has brain damage. But in that second, I'll laugh because I'm like, oh, he's fine. Like, if, if you're fine after something crazy happens to you, like, I watched a friend of mine fall out of a tree, like a fucking four-story tree, and he racked himself on the nuts, right? And I was terrified for like about two seconds, and then he started laughing, so I started laughing. Then I started making fun of him, because I was like, dude, how are you, how are you not crying right now? Because you hit your nuts on a tree branch falling three stories. Like, so excessive violence is something that you can get away with in animation because no there's no victim there's nobody getting hurt nothing bad happens in animation because even even if someone gets their head blown off they can you can just animate them growing another one and going okay do that again like there's you get to create your own safe world uh while not ducking the realities of the real world you know guns and shit like that you know, the fact that Batman has never had a bullet wound is kind of an amazing prospect. But yeah, a Animaniacs, and they had a whole cast of characters uh, that really helped out. They had Slappy the Squirrel, which was voiced by Paula Poundstone. Uh, very, very funny uh, sketches they had on there. We'll probably talk about that in a future episode. They had... Uh, Pinky and the Brain, which I mentioned, had their own spinoff thing. Now, if you guys don't know Pinky and the Brain, it was like a smart uh, lab mouse and a dumb lab mouse. Uh, Brain was the smart one. Pinky was the dumb one. They had catchphrases like, narf! It, it was real goofy. The, the premise of it, it was a reoccurring sketch in Animaniacs because, like I said, they had... Basically, the setup of each episode is they had three different sketches, and uh, in between the sketches, they had like little either... Uh, funny uh, educational exposés that they had, like parody commercials or just tiny little quick sketches that took... It was just like one punchline, you animate it, and it's done. Uh, Pinky and the Brain was one of the reoccurring longer sketches, though. And basically, their segment was, uh, you know, every, every other episode, uh, Pinky and Brain would... It, it, basically, the premise is Brain... Uh, wants to take over the world, and they try to do it every episode, and they're thwarted by him being dumb or Pinky getting in the way or whatever. And antics ensue, right? And that got so popular back in the 90s that they actually got their own spinoff cartoon, um, which lasted, I think, a year less than the Animaniacs. Animaniacs lasted three years, and I think Pinky and the Brain only lasted one or two. And uh, 
and I think it was because, you know, you can only try to take over the world so many times. Uh, but Animaniacs, I think, I think they could have stayed on a lot longer, um, if, if they wanted to, because they, they got syndicated like shit. I mean, they, they churned out a bunch of cartoons, so, you know, with cartoons, it's not, it's not like a sitcom where you just have like nine episodes every season. I mean, they were, they were churning them out, uh, quite a bit. And they, I, they got back into syndication a lot. Like, the, now that they were they were on Fox and they went into the WB era, uh, Cartoon Network, they were on, I mean, uh, I think Boomerang's picked them up now. They, they've been on so many different networks because it's, it's got lasting power. Now, they do a bunch of, the bad, here's the one bad thing, right? One bad thing, and you guys know if you listen to this podcast that I hate fucking references and comedy, and this is the reason why. Uh, even in their theme song, which we listen to, they say Bill Clinton plays the sax, right? Uh, funny enough joke back in the day, because it's like why Bill Clinton is here, uh, I guess. I guess, sure, he's playing the sax in your, uh, you know what, that is kind of funny uh, to think that, that in their lore, Bill Clinton is playing the saxophone for their theme song. Uh, that they don't rehearse, which is what they said. Uh, all right, that's kind of funny. But uh, it's only funny because I know who Bill Clinton is. And Bill Clinton's very famous. He was the president of the United States, for God's sakes. But to get the saxophone reference, I the, the, the whole series uh, was built off of pop culture references, which was what made it fun. I mean, I just talked about Prince and everything. But uh, it may not have as much staying power. The, the jokes are funny. But the staying power kind of loses its grip once, um, you know, once the, the, the references go away, which is maybe the difference between, like, Looney Tunes. Uh, Looney Tunes had some references, but most of it was all kind of um, uh, very, very very subtle or, you know, hey, this Bugs Bunny looks like Betty Grable dressed up or something like that. It was never directly, hey, I found fingerprints type thing. But with that said, it's still fucking hilarious. And I think if they kept going, they 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 may have turned. Now this is speculation. But I could see Animaniacs uh turning into an adult strictly adult cartoon. So Animaniacs in the 90s, right? They uh they came out and they were 90 to 93, and then they came back on the WB from 95 to 98, right? Um, and, th and that's a good long run. Then they've been syndicated, like I said, through a bunch of different networks, right? But then you have, after kind of the resurgence of Warner Brothers Animation, then you have uh, another after... So that goes from uh, till 98, right? That was kind of their span on big networks. Also in 98, weirdly enough, uh, you have the Fox Network come out with an adult cartoon called Family Guy. Now, uh, it was greenlit in 98, didn't come on until, I believe, 2002, and then it was kind of tumultuous. It was canceled, then it came back, and canceled, and came back, and then it started getting big around 2005. I remember that because I was in high school, right? And I think that... that Ability, I think Animaniacs could have filled that slot because one, uh, the, you know, uh, people like me grew up with Animaniacs, right? And as we grew up, so I, I this is what I think. 
uh, in the early 90s when I first watched it, I was super young. I was, you know, in, uh, what? Shit. I would have been early elementary school watching the slapstick stuff. Then when it came out and was syndicated through uh, Warner Brothers and um, I, th- I believe it was Cartoon Network that it came back out on uh, in like 97, 98, 99, 2000, that, that area when, when I was watching it again, I started getting some of the adult jokes because then I started being in middle school looking at porno mags, knowing adult stuff, right, quote unquote. Then that went away, and then what got picked up, 2005, got big again, I'm an adult and get adult context, Family Guy, and that filled the void of what Animaniacs left. I think Animaniacs could have been the new Family Guy, the new uh, uh, South Park. I think they could have kept growing with us from the kids that, you know, had this gluttony of great adult humor cartoons, and it just never stopped, just somebody else filled the void. Once, and I know this happened with me, and which is why, you know, South Park and Family Guy and, uh, I mean, Simpsons have been going that whole time. They're kind of an anomaly. But, like, th- that's where that void got that void got filled. You just went from pocket to pocket of uh, ca- adult cartoon animation stuff, and it, it continues to grow. And I think, I, think, I think there's something primed for this new generation. Like, um, I, there's... There's a bunch of cartoons out there. SpongeBob SquarePants was one of them that uh, was doing the same thing, and I think I think there's always something something to that. And I I haven't seen anybody besides The Simpsons. Uh, and you know what? I don't even think The Simpsons have really grown up with anybody. You just kind of grow into The Simpsons. But I would like to I would like to see or do personally. I would love to do a cartoon. That just has some weird staying power where it's on for, you know, 15 years and you grow with your audience. I think that would be an amazing thing. Or you're on for like three years, take three years off, three years back on. And then every time you come back, you're a little bit older, a little bit more mature. You're still the same concept, but you grow up with it. And now getting back to Animaniacs, what I was starting with is I think... They, either in a roundabout way, an unconscious way, or a purposeful way, I don't really know what it was, I never, you know, I wasn't with, uh, (laughs) I wasn't in the writing room, but Animaniacs, to me, has done that, and I, I would like new episodes, like, I would like them to continue to do that being productive, but their episodes, when I was, you know, like I said, when I was in elementary school, it was hilarious, I just watched a squirrel, Hit a dog with a purse. That's hilarious. I'm in third grade, right? Then I get to, uh, you know, middle school, kind of middle school, high school area, and I start getting the, they, they were famous for saying, hello, nurse, uh, which was, you know, anytime there was a hot girl, they would make, uh, you know, horny jokes about like, ooh, look at me. I'd like this. want to grab on something. I started getting those jokes. And then, like I said, about five, six, seven years ago when I was in that comedy condo, as a full-grown adult, I started getting even the layers of jokes beyond that where the subtle thing about fingering prints. It's, I, and the fact that they've been able to stay in my life that long is uh, a real testament to the writing staff, the animation staff, that it's got that much of a staying power, uh, you know, barring the, the references and stuff. Uh, I don't know if they were the first cartoon to do that. I, I was looking into it. There were some that 
kind of like Flintstones kind of played around with that. I mean, Flintstones were kind of the uh, the genesis of all mixing children's with adult humor, but it it was so sparse that it's hard to to give them credit. Uh, and then Simpsons would really be probably the first adult cartoon, but Simpsons were never made. I remember the Simpsons kind of being out around the same time, uh, well, a little bit earlier than that, and, uh, you know, parents barring their kids from watching The Simpsons because it was just vulgar humor. Now, I grew up in Kansas, so you have, like, homeschooled church children having to do that, but uh, I don't think anybody was barred from watching The Animaniacs, That's and that's kind of the point I'm getting to. I think they were the first... Maybe other than the Flintstones, and I'm not going to give them credit on that because they didn't do it to the degree that the Animaniacs did. I think the Animaniacs were the first cartoon that uh, now a lot of people say like, "Oh, it's a cartoon for kids, but written it's a it's animated for kids, but written for adults." I don't think that. This is what I think. I think it's a cartoon written to treat everyone as an adult. And that's maybe what drew me to Warner Brothers Animation. They had a lot of cartoons out there like that, and Animaniacs was the the top dog in that field. Is that when I when I watched it as a kid, and when I watch it now, I never thought I was being talked down to because there's nothing worse than like when you're hanging out with like older people when you're a kid and you feel like they're dumbing it down or quieting shit up. When you feel like an adult, you feel special and you feel right. And you get a higher quality of jokes out of it. I think it is respecting your audience is what, like, the art. If, since I get pretentious all the time, I think that's the best thing that the Animaniacs did. They respected their audience. One, they respected their age, so they never went too far overboard, right? Which I would, I kind of appreciate the fact that if I had kids, I wouldn't want them to show Dot actually fingering Prince in his butthole. I wouldn't want that. But. I respect them as a writing staff to not strafe away from that joke. They tried even harder to go, okay, well, if we can't stick Dot's finger in his ass, how can we have innuendo towards it that's so subtle that you won't get it unless you get it? And that that takes a little bit, I mean, that's going a little bit of the extra mile. They didn't have to do that. They could have just, you know, thrown poop at the screen and been like, bah, 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 bah. but they, uh, they want the extra mile to entertain all all swaths of uh, all swaths of your brain. They were like, "Hey, if you get it, even better. If you don't, that's okay. But we're gonna be here for you 10, 20, 30 years down the road." And uh, I have to, uh, I had to pay homage to them because I, I I watched a few of their episodes since then, and it's still it's still nice. It's like a fine wine. Uh, the cork's starting to rot a little bit, like I said, because of the references. But you know what? Uh, I'll let them get away with that because at the time that shit's very funny, and uh, I very, uh, I, I'm just a huge fan of Animaniacs, Warner Brothers Animation, and uh, I, I hope that you've become a little bit more appreciative of them. Uh, please go out, try to watch Animaniacs, watch any of the Warner Brothers Animation. I still find them all very entertaining, and fuck, when I have kids, I'm gonna try to either download them or buy DVDs, and that's the only cartoons my kid gets to watch. I don't give a fuck if it's that's a very hipster thing to say about cartoons. I don't care if that's going to make my kid like a weird kid. Uh, I think that'll be one a bonding experience, and two, 
you know, that, that's, a, that's a high level of comedy that my kid will learn to appreciate. Now, there's some other cartoons out there that uh, I'll also let him watch. But I don't know. I, w- I was a huge fan, still am, and uh, I hope you have a new appreciation for it. And thank you for joining me on this episode of Just a Tad uh, with DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this. Get out there. Find your own humor. Find your own laughs. Because, again, who the fuck am I? Why would you listen to me besides being such a sweetheart, which you all are. And I very much love you and appreciate you. I think as much as you appreciate me, I will try my best to entertain and dissect the shit out of everything for you. All right, I love you all very much. Goodbye.